Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable, a scalable and impactful business. And yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says that he believes that art and business can coexist in perfect harmony. In fact, he says, I think a lot of businesses would benefit from getting more artistic and a lot of artists would benefit from getting more businesslike. And joining me on today's show is William Warren. William is the founder and CEO of The Sketch Effect, a creative services company delivering animated and illustrated communication products to a wide range of corporate, educational, and non-profit clients. Now, an artist at heart, William has learned the delicate balance between the right-brained world of creativity and the left-brained world of business. Having been there and done that, William is energized by the idea that helping creators get better at the businessy stuff and also helping businesses better leverage their creativity is so important. Now, on today's show, William's going to share resilience. I'm sure we've heard that word a lot, but it's important, especially during a season of challenge. Um, And of course, COVID-19. Insight on how to build a life-giving culture in a small business, as well as tips for shaping a purpose for a small business. So welcome, William. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Looking forward to it. The sketch effect. Tell me a little bit about, uh, I guess, the transition into starting your business. I mean, you mentioned you were always a creative, maybe not ever thinking that you would start a business, but what was that journey for you? Sure. So yeah, I am a creative turned entrepreneur. I never set out to do the small business thing. I never set out to own a company or grow grow a business. Um, from my youngest, uh, from my young age, I was always interested in cartooning and illustrating and and, and drawing and sketching. Um, and so from the beginning, I planned to have a career that was doing that, making cartoons or comics or illustrating kids' books. Um, like many of our careers, my career took a few twists and turns. I ended up getting an entry-level marketing job at a big uh, quick service restaurant chain here in the United States. And I was there for a few years and learned a thing or two about business and leadership and branding and products and systems and, uh, and loved that. However, when I was in that role, the creative side of me, uh, you know, the creative gifts that God gave me started mm-hmm. to uh, started to wither. That part of my soul started to kind of dry up. It wasn't being fully leveraged in that role. So in order to really just leverage those creative gifts and have a creative outlet, I started to sketch during meetings. I would draw my notes out either in a notebook or I would draw them on the whiteboard in the room. Or if I had a presentation to give, I would sketch out my concepts and scan them in and put them into my PowerPoint deck. 
And for me, this was just a creative outlet. This was just a way for me to integrate some of my creative abilities into my day-to-day work. However, what I realized is that people found value in 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 what I was doing. They found value in the visual communication that I was providing, where I was taking ideas, marrying them with relevant visual concepts, and then presenting a message or an idea uh, in a visual way. So did a little bit of digging, learned that there was a whole uh, market for this. It was called graphic recording and animation and started to get a few side gigs here and there. So this kind of little hobby at work turned into a side hustle. And the more I pursued it, the more I realized there was some demand there and I was passionate about it. I loved the idea. And so about, this is about seven years ago, I decided to quit my job and start a business. Um, and that business is the sketch effect. And we've had a wild, exciting ride ever since. Yeah, I love that story. And what's fantastic about that is, isn't it interesting how the Lord, I mean, he's obviously created you with this creative ability and he positioned you because nothing happens by accident and everything right. is this progression. And uh, I heard this incredible um, interview where people talked about capacity. Christian was talking about the capacity and the Lord continues to to send us situations. Some of them are challenges to develop our capacity in where he wants us to go. You were given a background in business, so you learned certain things that you needed to know, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit kind of goes, you know, but there's more to this, that, right. that kind of, uh, there's got to be more, and that beautiful transition where you started sketching and then through that realised, hey, there is actually a need for this, and now, of course, that's led to you becoming, uh, well, really setting up a business and your ministry. I, I love the fact that many of us realize that as business owners, our ministry is our business. This is where we exactly. get it. Uh, through that. Yeah, William. Yeah, I'm a big believer in providence. And, um, you know, looking back, it's such a great exercise for for believers, but but anyone really to, to look back and see where uh, where your journey was going in, even in those days when you didn't know where you didn't know that it was going somewhere. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I can look back and con- attribute the existence of the sketch effect to the fact that uh, God gifted me with these natural talents to draw and illustrate. He mm-hmm. placed me into that marketing role to equip me with the business acumen that I needed to be an entrepreneur. And then at the same time, he also introduced me to key relationships that would then become clients and partners and um and eventually you know employees and so yeah it's it's incredible to look back on that journey and just see the providential hand uh, at work one of the things that often will happen when we do look back and this will beautifully segue into uh, one of the points that you want to talk about is resilience through that journey i'm sure when you look back there are certain crossroads challenges, things that you were faced with that you had a decision that you could have made. Well, two different decisions, maybe more, but one is, should I continue down this path or should I maybe give up because of those challenges? Share a little bit about that, but particularly through the lens of what have been some of the greatest insights that you can reflect on that has built up that resilience muscle. And resilience is a muscle. You don't just wake up with it one day and go, but you know, like in the gym. So what was that for you? Can you share some of those learnings? Yeah, resilience is definitely a muscle. I would say the same thing with courage. I mean, it's all related fortitude. These are things that you have to practice. You have to get better at. You have to prove it uh, in the fire. You've got to prove it on the field. 
Um, and so, yeah, the, the quick, the probably the most relevant story to tell had to do with uh, running a business during the age of COVID-19. So one of our core services, actually the main core service we offer is a corporate live event service. I mentioned that when I was at my previous role, I would sketch during meetings. Well, that is, that's our main service. We have a team of artists and historically we would travel to events. We'd go to conferences, to ballrooms, to convention centers, to trade shows. We would set up uh, canvases in the room and while people are talking and while there's sessions going on and panel discussions, our artists would be there physically on site, in person, drawing. So you can imagine that it was quite alarming last March when our whole gig calendar, basically all of our booked events were just wiped away. And the entire pipeline, the entire sales pipeline dried up overnight. So within a matter of days, our revenues dropped about 80%. And they would stay that they would stay there for several months, um, and so that was extremely alarming. And so, yeah, but you know, resilience is something that I, I care deeply about. I've tried to I've tried to um, lean into it, <laughs> and it wasn't easy. There were some days that were really hard. I had to kind of fake it till I till we made it essentially. Um, but you know, like I said, I, I believe God puts us in places for a reason. Um, I have. Believe, I believe that every crisis is an opportunity. Every challenge is an opportunity to rise to the challenge, rise to the occasion um, and make something out of it. And, um, you know, God calls us to live courageous lives. And so um, I led my I, I hopefully led my team through that, uh, you know, with courage and determination and focus and resilience. And so just to kind of tell you what we did, we, we pivoted, we took our in-person event service and we reformatted it to apply to virtual conferences and virtual events. We didn't know if it would take off. I mean, this wasn't a really big thing. We had, we had sketched for webinars and things before, but it was always peripheral. It was always a side thing. And now it had to become the main thing or else we would go out of business. So we, we pivoted quickly. We pivoted courageously. We launched this new virtual product and we started selling it. We started telling our clients about it. Um, and, um, you know, we started to get some traction. And so we had, you know, spring was scary and quiet and didn't have a lot of business. Same with the summer and then fall started to pick up. And then we had an incredible winter and we're having a great 2021. So the lesson, uh, in there is to, um, you know, stick with it. Like it's easy to give up quickly. Um, it's easy to assume the worst, but, um, you know, we, our team, we learned that we can make this into an opportunity. We can leverage this. And now we have a brand new product and a whole new line of revenue that we never had before. And so it's just amazing to see that the COVID-19 situation for us could have been the worst thing ever. And it's actually shaping up to be um, something that we are um, turning into, you know, turning it into something valuable for our business. Thank you for sharing that story because, you know, sometimes what can happen is we've got this great plan as business owners, you know, we often will map that out and then all of a sudden something happens. And especially I'm sure there were times where you said, seriously, Lord, I mean, what is going on? The amount of people that um, I've had that have shared that it's like, are you serious kind of thing? Yeah. And if we think of some of those Bible stories, Gideon, he had an army of like, you know, paraphrasing thousands and thousands. And the Lord said, you got too many men, send some home. And it's like, what? You know, and then too many men, send some home. And their army compared to their enemy's army, it was ridiculous. No one in, in warfare would have done that. But we know that the Lord 
is really looking for, it's that faith and trust, isn't it? It's the surrendering to him. And when you get to that place, that's when the Lord goes, right, well, now that you've kind of validated that, you've got trust, I wanted to take you to this next place and you would never have then developed this product. Something else that I want to mention in that too, and this is sometimes um, a huge lesson for me too, I'm not exactly the most patient person. I've got an idea <laughs> taker and that means that when the results aren't quite there I'll distract myself by going to do something else but what you said was even though there was a couple of those months and even months and months that you you were in you doing things taking action changing things up but you weren't yet seeing the results could have had you you know become distracted again or, or give up but you stayed true and now you're reaping the rewards and it's such a great reminder isn't it the seeds that we sow the things that we build implement and things often won't come to fruition for months and months mm, down the track yeah. that doesn't mean that we don't do them what was the greatest feedback because i think as leaders who have a team there's an additional responsibility isn't there because we need to to be that person who rallies the team around too what was the greatest lesson in that area did you get feedback from the team as to some of the things that you did that continue to make an impact for them to to continue strong for the vision sure so one thing i made i wanted to be abundantly clear about was we were in hard times like this was going to be a challenge for our business um, this was not going to be an easy thing to get out of. Um, and I was very clear about kind of our runway, like in terms of resources, like how long could we keep people in their jobs? Like I was very clear. I said, hey, if we aren't, you know, if we're not at a certain financial point by X number of months, we're going to have to make some hard decisions. Um, and what that did is it, it really reassured the team um, because they knew that you know it took some it took some of the unanswered questions out of this out of the out of the situation. There was a lot of tension, a lot of uncertainty. Like, am I going to have my job tomorrow? Am I going to have my job next week? And so I, I you know I looked at our, our our books, I looked at the numbers, I did some <laughs> modeling, which I'm not normally good at. I'm not not normally naturally wired to go and do all the spreadsheets, but I have an accountant and we worked that together. But I said. Hey, you know, we're going to be good until this month. Um, until then, you know, at that point, I can't say for certain, but just having that clear communication, being open, honest about the brutal facts that we were facing, but then pairing that with just an insane amount of courage and an insane amount of optimism um, and letting the team know that like, hey, we're going to work our butts off to make something out of it. Like, we're not going to just sit back and let this happen to us. We're going to go out and seize the opportunity that's been presented to us. Um, and that combination of like the reality facing brutal facts, but also marrying it with courage and optimism, you know, my team told me meant the world to them. And a lot of them were, uh, were personally afraid. I mean, during the early days of COVID, there was a lot of fears about what was going on. And I know a lot of my team was afraid, uh, you know, not only about, potentially getting this virus, but also losing their job and all these things. And so I think that assurance meant, meant a lot to the team. Um, and then it meant a lot to me. It gave me accountability as a leader to like actually deliver <laughs> what, what I promised and to, um, and to lead them with intentionality and um, in a way that uh, moved, moved forward. And I said, I told my team, I said, look, we're not going to make our financial targets we're not going to meet, you know, we're not going to meet a lot of our pre previous goals, but we have a new goal. We've redefined the win and it's good. And that win is to emerge a better business. Mm. You know, we're not going to get bitter. We're going to get better. We're going to, we're going to speed up. We're going to leverage these times to innovate, to improve our business, to launch new products, 
to improve our systems so that when the business comes back, we'll be ready to go full speed ahead and be a better business on the other side of We're this. We're building our Noah's Ark. We're building yep. it for that, you know. What I love about what you've just said for so many different reasons, and I think it beautifully um, it talks about some of the things you wanted to share today about insight and how to build a life-giving culture in a small business. That's giving life. And I was speaking to a, a colleague yesterday and she said, and she already is, she said, you know, as Christians, we know that we can go in and we can change the atmosphere because of mm-hmm. who we are have living inside us we can change atmospheres you know we we all can change atmospheres by the language that we use by what we say what we speak over to people and I think as leaders it's so important you reflected that beautifully I mean you would have made even though there was a situation where this was happening how we approach something and as leaders what comes out of our mouths and what we continue to speak but also take action to and I'm sure your team would have also seen you follow that up with different actions and things like that can change atmospheres incredibly and I'm sure that that would have inspired them to step up and continue to build all of those things that you said we're going to continue to not just be better but be better so that when it does turn around we can take advantage of that were there some other things within that that you saw really contributed to you developing what you would say is this life-giving culture yeah, so that's a great question. So, you know, at the Sketch Effect, we're, you know, we're definitely, we're not a Christian company. I, as the leader, am a Christian follower of Christ, uh, but never set out to create a quote unquote Christian business or to hire explicitly Christian employees. That was never the plan. And so we haven't done that. But, you know, for me personally, it matters a lot that the culture that I'm creating is life giving and that it is, uh, enriching and encouraging people and challenging them. Um, and so, yeah, so from the outset, I, that was the culture I wanted to create was one that was uplifting where people, um, no matter what they believe, where they come from, that they're in this environment and they're poured into and they're invested in, um, and that hopefully they are becoming, you know, they're growing, uh, whatever that looks like for them. And so that's shaped our purpose as a business and shape the culture that we've tried to build, you know, two of our, two of our most important values that we have uh, are directly related to that integrity, which is we always do the right thing always, no matter what it is. And that sometimes means having hard conversations and confronting the brutal facts and being honest with one another, meeting our deadlines, um, integrity, and then also positivity. You know, we want to be pouring into each other's lives. We want to be brightening everyone's day, whether it's each other as a team, but also our clients and our vendors and the mail guy and the guy who's dropping off our our lunch. You know, we want to bring positivity to every single interaction we have. You know, I think that not only, you know, that's, that's informed by my own personal values, but I, I think it's also translates into good business as well. Um, when clients are invited to that and they say, Hey, that that Sketchfec team—they're they're different. You know, there's something about them that they bring this positivity. Um, they're good people, um, and so yeah. So we've that's that's all kind of rooted back to the purpose that I have had as an entrepreneur as I'm thinking through the business and culture I'm trying to create. Yeah. What's what's so great about that is that many of us are in business and we do hire a team that may not know the Lord. However, it's such an important thing that. Because we are and we're, we're mindful and we know that no matter what happens, the Lord has got it in control, even though things may seem, seem chaotic, how we respond is going to reflect the character of Christ, isn't mm. it? 
in yes. everything that we do. So if we lose it or, you know, there's some things that we say that we think in hindsight, mm, that's not really being the ambassador that we are, um, we're called to be, then that is going to make, I think, the, the biggest impact. Now, something that you said, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into this, and this is really beautifully segues into shaping a purpose for our small business, because not only have you defined that, I can really sense that you live that out at each and every day. Living out our purpose can be challenging when challenges arise, but it seems that you're doing this really well and it's filtering in through the team as well and making a difference where your clients and community are even noticing there's something different. You're changing atmosphere. What are some of the things that you do? I mean, obviously you've got them probably written down, you know, the core values. Is that something that you um you purposefully maybe bring up and remind your team about in, in meetings? What does that look like for you and your business? Great question. So we've identified and published the full range of our culture from our purpose statement to our mission statement to our vision statement, and then of course our values. And we've taken it one step further and also taken our values and then identified key behaviors that are associated with each value. And so, yeah, we, we talk about the values a lot. I, you know, whenever we celebrate somebody for doing something amazing, we tie it back to one of the values. We say, oh, well, so-and-so did an incredible job demonstrating our core value of adaptability. And here's how. And like, let's give them a round of applause. And we have this like big gong in our office. We call it the gong, the gong of awesome. And whenever something awesome happens, we we smack it and it just you know it reverberates around the office and so that's a fun way where we 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 deliberately celebrate when the values are lived out and then conversely whenever somebody violates one of the values or does something that is not in line with the values we have a private conversation and we tie it back to that and we say hey this thing that happened not the greatest you know we this is not good this is not a demonstration of our values but we always tie it back to one of the values. Like this was not a demonstration of excellence or integrity or, or whatever that value is. Um, so we reinforce it that way. Um, it also becomes a filter for hiring decisions and then also sometimes firing decisions if there's not a value match. Um, and so that's how we've tried to live out the values. We also reinforce it through doing things like team retreats and bring in speakers to talk about certain values and, uh, creating artifacts that kind of embody the values, just fun ways, sometimes silly ways, sometimes serious, sometimes not so serious. Um, so that's the values. And then the purpose statement is really powerful too, because the purpose statement is not something that we publish. It's not like on the website, you're not going to find it published anywhere, but we talk about it a lot. Um, and this stems from my own personal purpose for what, for why I'm doing it. Why am I even showing up every day? dealing with the hard times, dealing with the challenges, dealing with all the mess that we have to deal with as small business owners. Um, but then I've taken that purpose and then made it a broader team purpose. And so that purpose for us is to create an uplifting environment where people become their best while giving their best. So it's three parts. The first one is the uplifting environment, which is that we're, we're dedicated to creating a culture that, like we mentioned earlier, is enriching, uplifting, encouraging, challenging, positive, um, we're dedicated to creating that culture that gives life. So we can invite people to come and work for the sketch effect and that their time working with us is life-giving. That's the first part. The second part is we're creating an uplifting environment where people, people are becoming their best. So that's about development. That's about becoming all that you can be, challenging yourself, stepping outside your comfort zone, growing, 
um, becoming a better version of yourself than when you started. And then in turn, what we expect is that you will also give your best. Um, so you're becoming your best while you're also giving back your best. And, and I mean, this is true that when you're doing great work, you feel better about yourself and then you become a better version of yourself and then your work becomes better. So it becomes this virtuous cycle. Um, so that's our purpose statement of the sketch effect. And we invite people into that and we talk about it during interviews. And if people don't seem to line up with it or their eyes don't really light up when they hear that purpose then might not be the best place for them to work. Yeah. Uh, something that you mentioned, I want to repeat that in case someone uh, may not have uh, seen the significance or heard the significance of it. So often as businesses, we do develop what we might call a mission statement, vision statement, purpose statement, that kind of thing. However, once it's documented, it either go on the wall or in our drawer, never really to be spoken about again. But what you're doing is that you're tying it to behaviour, to attitude, to outcome, even in the instances where something didn't turn out quite right and helping team members and individuals see what what needs to be changed what can be done to ensure that that those values are lived out and I think doing that day in and day out is so important because it continues to reinforce and I'm sure your team members I know you do individually as the CEO of your business but your individual team members are constantly reminded of the importance and what does that look like? What actions do I need to take? What beliefs do I need to have? And I'm sure you, because you hire with those core values, the people that come into the company kind of resonate with those values if they're not already important for them. And I think that often is where businesses struggle, don't they? They hire on technique, on skill. Whilst that's important, right? always retrain a skill or train a skill. You can't train someone's attitude, can you? Right. Yeah, you can't train them to think integrity means something that they don't think it means. You can't train them to embody positivity in their, you know, in their being. Like you can't, you can't teach that. But you know, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, you know, there has to be a competency fit. They have to know what they're doing to get the job. Like we're not going to hire an animator who doesn't know how to animate, but they have a great, they have a great cult, they're a great culture fit. But I also, but I do think that too many companies are are, are too quick to hire the stellar. Uh, craftsmen and ignore the culture that they're bringing in um, to the company. And I'll add to that, you know, another way that we reinforce the values as leaders is by embodying them and modeling them from the top. Um, And that's always been a good source of accountability for me, which is that if I publish these six values on the wall and I'm expecting my team to live it out, I got to go first. I have to be, I have to display integrity first. I have to be positive first. I have to display courage first. I, you know, all of our values, I have to do it first. If I don't do it, I shouldn't expect my team to do it. Um, and if I, if I'm going to hold them accountable, I have to hold myself accountable. Absolutely. I'll give you a, I'll give you a quick story. Um, you know, with the integrity, the way we define that our key behavior is we do the right thing always. And I love to tell this story, which is that several years ago, a client overpaid us by just a, five or five or six hundred dollars and um you know they didn't notice nobody would notice massive company five hundred dollars means nothing to them but we noticed when we were going through our books and here we go we write it we cut a check we mail a check to this massive fortune 500 company to repay them this overpayment and i use that as an opportunity to tell my team this is integrity in action this is what it looks like to have integrity and the funny thing is i I recently hired a new person and i was telling her this story and then literally a few days later, we found out that a client overpaid us by $8,000. Wow. 
<laughs> I said, okay, well now the story just got way better because the, the amount of money that we are going to cut, a, yeah, we're going to write a check and mail to our client uh, just is way higher. So the story got even better, but that's, that's a good example of like identifying the value when you see it in action and then publicly, you know, talking about it and celebrating it um, and uh, rallying the team around it. Yeah, that's important, isn't it? It is important to recognize, like you, you recognize the individual team members, and you've got that awesome gong in uh, your your office. Those kind of things validate and reinforce, and that's just the continuous thing, and it becomes part of it's living, it's it's breathing. You know, it, it really is a living um, way of 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 really bringing that forward, and people notice the team mm-hmm. notice and that filters through to all of the, you know, from the suppliers to your customers, all of the key stakeholders. Exactly. Doing that continuously is what really continues to build that momentum. And then the magic magic happens is when you spot somebody else on the team shouting out somebody else for displaying a value. That's when you just sit back as the the leader and you're just like, this this is it. (laughs) This is it in action. We've done, we've done our part. And I, that's what I love most when someone says, hey, so-and-so the other day did an amazing job displaying this value and let's give them a round of applause. I'm just, I just celebrate on the inside when that happens and on the outside. So, uh, William, tell us a little bit more about how people can get in contact with you. you. I don't know whether you've got some examples that you have can have handy and, and show us uh, on the screen, but share a little bit more about how people can get in contact with you because virtual events, uh, I believe, are here to stay. There's been some businesses that have recognised, hey, actually virtual events means we can deal and and, and support and make an impact to a global community. Um, share a little bit more about that, please. Yeah, sure. And if I have the option to share my screen, I'm, I can Absolutely. certainly throw some stuff up. Um, so while I'm while I'm pulling up a couple of files, um, I will say that if, yeah, if anyone's interested in learning about the work we're doing for virtual events, um, they can go to the sketcheffect.com. We've got a button at the top virtual graphic recording. That's technically what we do. It's called graphic recording. It's uh, where we go to, we go to events, virtual events or in person and we, we sketch. Um, so you can learn all about it there. We got a great case study video of a real client talking about her experience. We've got some marketing stuff, a lot of examples. Um, we also do animation. So if anyone's interested in learning about our animation work, whether it's motion graphics or explainer videos or whiteboard videos, they can learn about it there. Um, well, let me share real quick. Um, yeah. This is fun. I didn't know I was going to get to share. This is great. Is that coming through? It sure is. Here we go. Wow. Perfect. All right. This is fun. Normally, we don't get to have visuals on a podcast, but we love visuals of the sketch effect. So, yeah, here's an example of a, uh, you know, one of our live sketches. This was a 45-minute conference. Um, this yeah. one... LinkedIn, obviously, because you got the I and the logo there. Is that correct? It was done on LinkedIn. No, this is a, for a company called Inevent. They're actually a virtual <laughs> event hosting company. Thank you, pardon. Yeah, no, it, it looks pretty similar. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, so these are just examples of of kind of the sketching um, what we do. So we're listening to content and we're translating it into visuals and color and typography, making it fun, making it visual. Um, with the ultimate purpose, we didn't talk about our mission statement yet, but our mission at the Sketch Effect is to make ideas understandable and actionable through awesome visual communication. So at the end of the day, it's all about making those ideas click for people, but then also inspiring them to take action, whatever that is, whether it's to learn more or connect with their team or solve some problem. It's all about driving people to understand and then act on what they're learning. Yeah, um, these are 
brilliant. These are brilliant. I remember years ago, uh, William, I, uh, as part of a training that I did, was to memorise a theme for your presentation as if you've mapped out and core themes and matched it and, and anchored it, it's the right term, to an image and a word, you'd remember it. And it's exactly, exactly like this. you know, you see something um, and it immediately tells that story and just, yeah, really brings that learning to a much uh, deeper level. While you're doing that, we've got uh, Bernice Lohman says, blessings. Great to be here. And Patricia, this is awesome. It, it certainly is, Patricia. Thank you for Thank uh, you. Yeah. Fantastic. And then this is kind of what the setup looks like. So this is the new product. This is what we innovated last uh, in the dark days of spring last year was this new kind of virtual setup where we're plugging into events and sharing our screen and doing this virtually. But yeah, like I said, you know, at the, at the time, didn't realize what, what, what God was had in store for our business. Didn't realize that this crisis would become a great opportunity for our business. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride, but yeah, thank you for the opportunity to share uh, that. Absolutely. Um, I, I could not think of uh, a better approach because it is vis visual. And for those of you listening to the audio version of the podcast, come on over and, um, and see what William has, has done. But how can people connect with you? I mean, obviously the sketch effect, you've got a website. Can people connect with you on LinkedIn? Um, all of those uh, platforms, I'm sure you're there. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Search William Moore in the Sketch Effect. You can find me. Um, but I also have started a new thing, uh, which is kind of fun. This is a new my new side thing because you know entrepreneurs always got to have their next kind of thing they're working on. But I've created a new platform. Um, it's called the Conquering Creative. It's online at theconqueringcreative.com and on Instagram at theconqueringcreative. And it's really just a way for me to connect with people one on one. So if you go to the Conquering Creative, you can shoot me a message. You can uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram, but it's a way for me to connect with other entrepreneurs, especially creative entrepreneurs, because that's that's who I am. You know, I was an illustrator who just figured out business or still is figuring it out in a lot of ways. Um, so this platform, The Conquering Creative, is really a way for me to give back, share some lessons I've learned, share some resources that have been helpful for me, and share some encouragement. Because for a lot of creatives, most of creatives, myself included at one point, Business seemed very scary. Business seemed very boring and business seemed very intimidating. Um, and so for a lot of creatives who are going to, who are trying to start their own thing or launch their, launch their, their company or, 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 or quit their main job and make their side hustle their, their main thing, it can be intimidating and scary. And so the conquering creative is really just a way for me to share back and help people know it's not as intimidating as you think, it's not as scary as you think, and it's and it can unlock so much potential in your life. All you need is just a little bit of know-how, a couple of resources, a community around you, and some encouragement, and anybody can do it. Yeah, and you've walked the journey beforehand, and so you've got steps and and a framework, I'm sure, that and just insights that can certainly help them speed up so that they don't have to go through the, uh, what one of my mentors says, the spaghetti, you know, the spaghetti kind of um, pathway through uh, to that. And uh, Doreen says, and recreators are amazing people. Thanks for giving him a platform. You are welcome, Doreen. Thanks, and Doreen. It's so important it is. We need creativity. I, I think creativity is so very 
very important in any workplace, whether it be business or you're working in, in corporate, because creativity helps you tap into, to, you know, bigger ideas. And, and I'm sure that um, you've probably got some wonderful techniques as a creative to be able to share with some of those left brain uh, people. I'm, I'm fortunate, I'm half and half. And it depends <laughs> in which, you know, what I'm doing, I, I'm able to, um, to do that. But uh, look, thank you once again, William. One of the things that I do is uh, just finish with a word of prayer since this is a Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. So can I finish with a word of prayer? Please, yeah. Fantastic. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with William today and uh, have him share his testimony, his story about how he was able to really create this business out of the creative um, abilities that we know, the, the gifts and talents that, um, that that you've blessed him with. Father, business can be challenging, especially in times where the unknown um, and, and things that are happening around the world. But as we heard through what uh, William was sharing today, that when he stayed true and 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 obviously for him as a Christian, um, really the promises that you speak, he's been able to filter that through to his team, being able to create a completely new product offering, which now is really making an impact, not just in the business and the lives of his, his team, but obviously for the clients as well. Father, we just want to pray for businesses who may be listening today and may be going through a season of struggle and challenge. We pray that um, th- that they will lean into you and even people that may not know you, Lord. Uh, you know, your your power, your grace um, is extended across to anyone who seeks. Knock and the door shall be open. Seek and you shall find. So we just want to pray that over people, over whatever challenge that they've got, may they stay true, may they stay strong to the vision and uh, for those Christian entrepreneurs, may they lean into you. Father, continue to bless the work that William and his team are doing. Continue to just bring the clients to them that you know they're going to be able to impact with the work that they do and be a blessing to them and their clients, Father. And we just want to pray this in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And yeah, for, for people who are watching or in the replay, or if you're listening, please connect with William. You'll be able to catch the replay somewhere on uh, there across a number of different channels, but go and check out the uh, diagrams, the beautiful sketches that William, they're powerful, powerful. Um, so thanks once again for sharing your story, your insights, and of course, that the work that you do, which I know is going to impact many. Thank you. Yeah, this was a great conversation. I love it. Such amazing topics. So I appreciate you inviting me on and having the chance to share with your listeners. This is great. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.